Please turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. In a moment we're going to read this chapter to the glory of God. The Sabbath day we will be looking at this chapter of Daniel chapter 6. I, for many of you it's probably a well-known chapter. It is when Daniel is cast into the den of lions and it is a wonderful passage of scripture and that will be our title this morning is facing the wrath of lions facing the wrath of lions the boys and girls here this morning children i wonder have you ever gone to the zoo have you ever gone to the zoo and i wonder when you went to the zoo did you ever think i'm scared do you ever think there's a lion i'm i'm getting out of here it's too scary No, you never thought that. Oh, what did you think? Well, they can't get to me. Or they're so full, their bellies are so full, they're not going to be hungry for me. They seem quite happy. But what if, what if you met a hungry, roaring lion? And these roars are loud. Would you be scared? I would be scared. It's quite scary. And if they're so hungry, they might even eat you. Now that's scary, isn't it? You don't get that at the zoo, do you? No, they're quite happy. They're lying around. But Daniel faced, Daniel faced in our our text, lions. He was said, if you don't, if you follow God, you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to be put into the den of lions. They're going to eat you. So what does Daniel do? Does Daniel say, Oh, I I better be careful here. I better stop praying. No. What does Daniel do? Does Daniel obey God? He does. Yes, he obeyed God. And what happened? He was thrown into the den of lions. So Daniel was finished. Was he eaten? No. He wasn't. Was it because Daniel was so strong he could fight off the lions? No. Why? Because he trusted in his God. God shook the mouth of lions. And that's the same God we serve today. Isn't it? Do we serve a different God to Daniel? I hope not. It's the same powerful, loving God who shut the mouth of lions and he's still so powerful today. So we're going to read now this chapter of God's holy and his infallible word, Daniel chapter 6. Let us read of how God brought victory to one of his servants. Daniel chapter 6, let us hear God's holy and his infallible word. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss then this Daniel distinguished himself 
above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no fault, nor charge or fault, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room was his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, No, king, but this is the law of the Medes and Persians, that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. So the king gave the commandment, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, 
Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. And the king gave the commandment. And they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke All their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed. And his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. And he works signs and wonders. In heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel. From the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. And in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. And may the Lord bless the reading of his holy and his infallible word. All of us face trials of faith. All of us. They may be big trials. They may be small trials. But our faith will be tested To see what really is there. Is it real? Is it not real? Is it strong? Is it weak? And that's what gets tested in these trials. Now, very few of us, if any of us, have ever been tested in the same way Daniel has been tested. But, at the same time, we can learn much, can't we, from Daniel? What a wonderful, encouraging, and godly witness that he was. Look at the encouragement Daniel gives to the church thousands of years later. Is your faith today being tested? Is it being tried? Just like Daniel, look at it as an opportunity to grow. Look at it as an opportunity to learn. Look at it as an opportunity to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ more than you did before. There's wonderful encouragement to be found here in Daniel's testimony as he faced real danger of his life. So the first point we're going to look at here this morning is true danger. True danger. There's real danger here from a human point of view. Now we know, as we should know, that God is in control 
of everything. But when I say true danger from a very human point of view, none of us are promised an easy life. What we are promised in this life, because we live in a fallen world, is trial and challenges and temptations. In verse number 3 of Daniel 6, verse number 3, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. This word governors and satraps, there, was, there were three governors. The, there, was the, there was the ruler, then there was these three governors, and then below them there was these satraps below that. There seems to be some kind of jealousy that Daniel was going to be made a ruler in all of the realm or all of the kingdom. And they thought, well, we, we can't be having that. This is, a, this is a Jewish captive. This is, and no doubt, there was the fact that he followed God was something that they didn't like. They didn't want him to go to higher authority. They did not want to have this man to rule over them. Isn't that sounds strikingly similar to the first century when they would not have Christ to rule over them? Well, they would not have Daniel, a man with an excellent spirit, to rule over them. And these influential and powerful governors and satraps, what did they do? They gathered together. Look at number, verse number four. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Aha, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Now this is not saying that Daniel was sinless and perfect, but concerning the kingdom, they were like, ah, come on, there's got to be something on him. They couldn't find anything. He was faithful in his role. He was faithful in his duties, which was much to the disappointment of those who sought to target him. They didn't want him to rule over them. Look at verse 5. And these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now look at it from a human point of view. Daniel is alone. He's in exile in a foreign land that doesn't have a lot of sympathy for the true faith. He's alone. He, no, he's not completely alone, is he? He's got God with him. And we see that he's not completely alone because look at even these enemies saying, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. If, if, if the law of God clashes with the law of the state, Daniel, without any shadow of a doubt, will follow the law of God. And even his enemies knew that. And they used that against him. No, he was not alone. We saw that because he's following the law of God. He had God with him. Others could see the same thing. And this is why they were seeking to find fault with him. Because he followed God. I think we struggle with this, don't we? This idea that people will not like us because we follow the law of God. We saw that recently, didn't we, in Scotland, when there was that, um, name escapes me, that politician in, in, in the SNP 
Well, what was the problem that the media had with her? She was a Christian. No, they wouldn't mind if she was an unfaithful Christian. But if, oh, you're going to an actual church, oh, that's a problem. Christians in this day and age, we should not expect to be popular. Sometimes there is help and favor for people from people who are not Christians, but by and large, on this earth, we are told, and Jesus even says this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 to 12, in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. And then he says something wonderful and might even sound surprising at the end. Rejoice! Be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Don't expect an easy life. There's true danger. And Daniel faced true danger. What is happening here is this warning that there will come persecution. Why? Not just because you're a Christian but because you follow the law of God. They persecuted Daniel because he followed God. Uh, A man who currently serves a missionary in in Africa, Vodi Bakum, he said this, once persecution can be avoided, all you have to do is compromise. All you have to do is compromise. Daniel Refused to do so. So did these enemies of Daniel. Now, look at what Daniel did. Verses 6 to 9. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors consulted together to establish a royal statue to make a firm decree. Now, they, they knew, they thought they'd found, here's Daniel's weakness. Aha, we've got him. And so they met together and they said, we're going to make a law that we know he will break concerning the kingdom. Verses 8 and 9, now, O king, establish the decree. They're putting pressure on the king here. Establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree and virtually guaranteed that Daniel was facing the den of lions because Daniel was faithful to his God. And look at what, they, look at what the, the enemies of God say Look at verse 13 there. Verse 13. So the answer and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, he does not show due regard for you, O king. So Daniel, is that true? Is is any of that true? No. Daniel wishes to be, does show regard for the king. But the obedience for God that he shows, they twist that. And they say, ha-ha. You see, O king, he does not 
respect you. Now, this is not unique just to Daniel's case. It happens in the first century as well. You'll see a number of cases. Even Jesus is questioned on such things as well. Our motives will not always be understood in the world. But let's think about it in a positive way. Wouldn't it be wonderful if someone said about you, the only fault or error I can find about you, you're too serious about following the law of God. That would be the most encouraging thing I could ever hear about you. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be just wonderful? And that's what the enemies were saying about Daniel. He's just, he's just following the law of God. Your service of God stands out. And it will. Psalm 119 verses 165 says this. Great peace have, have those who love your law. And nothing causes them to stumble. Daniel loved God's law. He had great peace. And he, he kept doing. He wasn't just trying to. Ah, I don't like that law. I'm going I'm to be a bit rebellious about this. He kept doing. We'll see this in a second. What he did since early days. Or what he did before that. He didn't change what he used to do. Daniel wasn't perfect. But he trusted in his God, and his God sought him through. So, number one, true danger. He faced true danger. Number two now, we're going to look at his true delight. The true delight of Daniel. How did Daniel get through this? How did Daniel face this? How did Daniel, looking, think about it. You have a den of lions in front of you. How many of us would be terrified at such a thought? Why was he willing to continue doing what he did previous and keep going doing what he did? In verse 10, look at what he did. Knowing about the law that had changed in the land that he shouldn't, according to the state, call upon the name of his God. Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, Daniel knew about this, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open, Toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed to give thanks before his God, as was the custom, as was his custom since early days. Before he prayed three times a day in exactly the same manner, and after the same thing. There are some saying, might be thinking, why would he do such a thing? Why would he? Why would he put himself at such harm's risk? Surely he could put off praying for 30 days. But that would be wickedness, wouldn't it? If you love to do something, or you love someone as much as Daniel loved his God in heaven, what will you do in such a situation? True delight he found in his God. Think about it another way when we're thinking about danger. If your child is in danger... And you see your child in the middle of the road. He's just playing. And there's a car coming towards him. What is your instinct? What is your immediate reaction within you? You run, don't you? You jump in front of that car. And you push your child out of harm's way. You don't think about the danger to yourself. You care about your child so much. That you're not considering all the dangers. You're putting yourself in, by putting yourself in front of a car. You'd never ignore it. 
You would jump. That would be your natural instinct as a loving parent. There's a great degree of love shown by people who work in rescue work. There's a great, and you need that. If you're going to work as a doctor, as a firefighter, if you're going to work in the ambulances, if you're going to be good at it, you have to have a greater degree of love for the people you're, you're helping rather than the danger you're putting yourself into. To be good at anything like this, you must have a love for people. Great love than you ever would consider the danger. Because if you, if you think about the danger all the time, you'll be paralyzed by fear. You'll do nothing. What did Daniel delight in loving? He loved the law of God. And so the thoughts of breaking the law of God were far worse than the thoughts of being eaten by a lion. Verse 5 once again. Look what the enemy said. And these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his That would be the most wonderful thing that anybody could ever say. If, if, if your enemies were speaking about if if somebody didn't like that you were a Christian, that would be the most wonderful testimony that you could ever give. What could they find against you? You followed the law of God. Now Darius himself, this great king, this great king of Babylon, saw the faith and delight that Daniel had in his God. It's what's another amazing thing is, Darius was a polytheist. He believed in many gods. He didn't mind accepting the different gods, the gods of, the, the, oh, the Jewish God, that's another god. And here's another god here. And so that's the way they would have looked at it back then. So Darius was not a believer at all. But look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. The confidence Daniel had in his God also gave the king confidence. He wasn't even a believer in Daniel's God. So the king gave the commandment and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But look what the king said. This pagan king. The king spoke saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Oh, that we would inspire such confidence, even in unbelievers in our day, that we would have such unshakable faith. as bygone generations. Would you pray to be brought out of harm's way? What would we do in such a situation? We'd probably pray that the Lord would deliver us. I think the thing, the thing is not what would we do if we were in Daniel's situation. We may never be in Daniel's situation. We may be in something more challenging or never ever anything close to that challenging. The question is, Do you pray and love to pray today? Do you love to pray so much that the thoughts of not speaking to your God in heaven would be the worst thing that anyone could ever take away from you? That sweet 
communion with him. If God is your delight, friends, church will be your delight. Worship will be your delight. Singing the Psalms will be your delight. The word of God will be your delight. It will be your joy. And to break his commandments on the Sabbath day, and we do it, we all do it, it breaks our hearts, it cuts. And when we can't be at a Sabbath day service, we feel weaker. We feel like we've missed out. Boys and girls, does anybody ever have to say to you, come on, you really have to go to the zoo? Do you ever, if you say the zoo, are you like, you're begging your parents, aren't you, to come to the zoo? The zoo's pretty fun, isn't it? Do you love to come to church as much as you love going to the zoo? Do you love God far more? That's a challenge. To meet with God, that he is the most exciting, wonderful, pleasing, joyful thing in your life. Everything else seems boring in comparison. Outside of the Sabbath day. Because dear friends, if other things delight you, when the pressure comes and and you face these types of pressures Daniel's facing, or even smaller pressures, we will go towards the praise of men rather than the praise of God. We will follow the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we will fail. If Christ is our chief delight, he will see us true. Our final point, number three now, is true delivery. True delivery. So we've looked at true danger, true delight. And finally, number three, true delivery. Verses 16, verse 16 of our text once again. So the king gave the commandment and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then in verse 20, down to verse 22. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice. This is the king. To Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Do you see what the king is doing? He's asking you, you see that? God, you have such confidence in, has he delivered you? He's asking the question. Because he sees the confidence that Daniel has in his God. Verse 21, and then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. And look how glad the king was in verse 23. Now the king was exceedingly glad. The king didn't want to lose Daniel. The king thought very, very highly of Daniel. Daniel had an excellent spirit in him. Daniel was the kind of person who was faithful, trustworthy, and honest. He didn't want to lose him. 
It, it, it robbed him of sleep. It, it robbed him of appetite. He was, he was fasting as well the night before. And he was hoping, and he even had, seemed to have this confidence himself, this pagan ruler. Sometimes online I'll order from Amazon. And sometimes I don't know the names of the book companies I'm ordering from. And sometimes I wonder, will this book actually get there? They're getting 91% reviews. I'm not sure. I don't have great confidence. Sometimes the book doesn't turn up and I get a refund later on down the line. But if I order from the same company over and over, I have much greater confidence that that book is going to be delivered when they say they will. We can trust in God. Because by experience, we have as believers in Jesus Christ in various points in our lives seen deliverance. It may be deliverance from addiction. It may be deliverance from trial and tribulation and affliction. It may be many things, but if you've lived long enough to be a Christian, you have seen it. You've tasted it. And that he is more powerful than any of your difficulties or challenges. We do not serve a weak and frail God. That is, a, that is an idol. We do not serve a weak and frail God who needs us to disobey him in order to advance his kingdom. Daniel knew this. Daniel knew if God wanted me to be eaten, I'm going to be eaten. I'm going to be crushed to pieces by these lions. But where is the safest place for Daniel? Trusting in his God. Because, dear friends, no matter how powerful a lion is, no matter how much power he has in his teeth, our God is far, far more powerful than any of the lions and any of their ravenous hunger. He is strong. Our God is strong and powerful. Even though our faith in him can often be weak. And yes, we can have weak faith. We need our faith often strengthened. God, our God, does whatever he pleases. Nothing holds him back. Nothing restrains him or holds him back by doing, by saving by few or by many. He does what he pleases. And he is worthy of trust even if he led us into the mouth of a lion. But Daniel knew his God was more powerful than the plotting of his enemies. He had such confidence. It even, it even gave Darius confidence that he would be delivered. And I think about what kind of a God do we present to our neighbors? Does our confidence in God almost give them a confidence in our God? Even though they haven't trusted in Jesus at this point. To our bosses at work. What kind of, a, what kind of a, a confidence do we give to our children? The next generation. Of a strong and mighty and powerful God. Over, or of a frail God. Who isn't to be trusted. Our God is special. Our God is powerful. 
our God is worthy to be suffered for. Our God brings true and lasting delivery. Dear friends, whatever you're facing here this morning, whatever it is, you will not face it running away from the law of God. It is only by doing what he says. His ways are always higher. His ways are always best. We may not see it at the time why they're better, but they are. They are. In the Western church, we cannot reduce Christianity to just being sure that you're born again or saved. Christianity encompasses the whole of our lives. When we're at church, when we're not at church, when we're, in our, when we're at work, what kind, of a, what kind of a witness are we before our bosses? When we're talking to all sorts of people, do we represent Christ Because we see that he will deliver us. What would happen? Boys and girls. What would happen if you fell into a lion's den? Would you be scared? I would be scared. I would start running. But would you start fighting with the lions? Probably not. No. What happened to Daniel? Was Daniel finished? Did Daniel die? Was he eaten? No. What happened to him? So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury. Imagine that. No injury. Not even a scratch on him. Whatever was found in him because he believed in his God. And look at verse 28 as well. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Why did he prosper? Because he believed and followed and trusted his God. There may be other solutions given today. And they often are presented as wonderful ways of getting out of trouble and saving ourselves. But they can often be against the law of God. Daniel knew the greatest danger was not the lions. The greatest danger was to run away from God. The greatest danger... You know, if you, if you looked at it on paper, a certain part of this verse, without any faith, you'd think Daniel was finished. Daniel was finished. But Daniel's testimony even made Darius say this. Verses 26 and 27. Darius, this is a, this is a pagan polytheist. He believed in many gods. Verses 26 and 27. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom... Man must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers. Darius saw firsthand him deliver. He delivers and rescues. He works wonders in heaven and on earth and he was delivered, Daniel, from the power of the lion's And look at the people who plotted against him. Look at the people who thought, we've got him now. What happened to them? Their own schemes turned against them. Verse 24, and and the king gave the commandment and brought those men who had accused Daniel and cast them into the den of lions. You can actually see different examples of this throughout the Bible. Dear friends, do not fear men. Fear God. Trust him. He is more powerful. Look at what he did with the plots of the enemies. 
It looked like it was all over for Daniel. No, not at all. Daniel was rescued. His enemies, what they thought to do to Daniel, ended up happening to themselves. Again, you might be thinking here this morning, what would I do if I was in such a situation? Would I stand for Christ if I was in Daniel's position? And I always think we're asking the wrong question when we ask that question. We're never going to be in the identical same situation. But we are going to be asked whether we trust God's ways as better or our own. It happens in the small things, the little things. And sometimes it can be much bigger things. But unless you're faithful in the small things, dear friends, you're not going to be faithful with the bigger things. Every single day, when the devil and his enemies are threatening you, realize these are lions with no teeth. They have no claws. They can do nothing to you unless God allows it. Trust him. When we face the wrath of lions, the safest place in the world is in the will of God. The safest place in the world is clinging to God. Let, let not go of him. And he would strengthen your faith. And when you go through those trials, it will be all for the glory of God and for the glory of his son the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.